Hey, Carl here. Well, um, we are back with more Realms D&D, but this week we are switching to Ragged Coast rather than Return of Dragons. So got about 10 or more um, Return of Dragons in a row here, and we need to get back over to um, Claren and Fence and Crenshaw and Theraval and see what they are up to in the sun lord's crypt um if you remember the last episode um their well not so lovable npc mark the words was um killed by falling rocks and died in um crenshaw's arms which was pretty tragic and we had the skeletons with the um the crypt things with the um, chess pieces down in the bottom um, beneath where the stairs collapsed, cackling away. But um, we will start off episode 34 right there, and we will see what the future holds. <laughs> All right, well, come... Coming from the rain-drenched regions of Northern California, um, so far, if none of us get cursed, we'll make it through the evening and be able to record two hours of a fabulous podcast here in the um, non-sun-drenched, very dank, dark um, catacombs are not catacombs but um tunnels under the crypt of the sun lord and this is of course ragged coast um episode what are we 34 a good round number i'm carl and dming and playing the lovable npc mouse field mouse and no longer responsible for playing the not quite as lovable npc mark me words um who as we'll hear in the recap um is probably no longer with us but um dj you want to go next sure i'm dj and i'll be playing crunchaw jones and we are a um sorcerer warlock investigator who is trying really hard to keep that particular informant alive very unhappy about what happened there. And I will turn it over to Andy. Hello, my name is Andy, and I am playing Fence the Monk. Fence is a level eight wood elf monk with a 50 foot movement speed and a really sharp spear, which has secret powers that he hasn't even had a chance to use in this particular adventure. Uh, and he's a Hand of Mercy monk who, um, with one notable exception, is looking forward to keeping his entire party alive. And I will hand it over to Janae. Hello, I'm Janae. I play Clarence Dilploven, um, level four fighter, level four druid. Um, I also have a lot of like cool gear I hope to use. I've got a dragon scale shield. I've got like some sweet swords. I've got a flame blade spell so I can become a Kung Fu Panda with a flaming knife at some point. I don't know. The possibilities are endless. Um, it could happen this time. We'll see. I'll pass to Kevin. Hi, my name's Kevin. I'll be playing Theraval Fantastical, a level eight uh, Aladrin arcane trickster together with his uh, 
familiar uh, uh, Aspen Kutcher, a twig blight riding atop a burrowing owl named Drake, who both of whom I'm very surprised are still alive um, because of my reckless uh, endangerment of animals and uh, disregard for, for animal life. Um, I'm looking forward to just getting 2,750 uh, gold out of this out of this cave to pay off the deed for a zoo. And uh, I don't know, uh, maybe maybe finding out what the hell happened with that statue, empowering whatever the heck for uh, as everyone like kind of like gawked and giggled about Theraval putting his hand in danger. Um, I'm also curious about these skull skeletons playing chess, but you know that's secondary to like the gold. And let me throw it back to uh, Carl. Excellent. All right. Thank you. Um, Andy, how about a recap? What did we do last time? And now a recap of episode 33, Watch Your Step. Our adventures began with fence suspended above a flea pit trap, V-shaped slide walls, vicious spikes at the bottom, all of that fun stuff, plus two tether balls from hell swinging off the room's walls just for fun. Eventually, our heroes overcome the magical tether balls, and our monk climbs forth from the pit alive, not too much worse for the wear. Crenshaw investigates the pit. In the bottom is a skeleton in a tattered blue robe, and in its pockets are three chess pieces, a white rook, a white bishop with fence's face, and a black piece that looks like one of the guardian statues Crenshaw saw earlier. Theraval reluctantly leads the way into the next room. No traps there, but there is a statue of Ra, and strangely enough, our loyal follower of Loki, Theraval, has a long conversation and places his hands on magical pedestals and comes away alive. Leaving the room with the statue of Ra, Mark falls through the stone steps into a bullet tunnel beneath them. Crenshaw, with his flying spell still on, dives into the hole to catch Mark. He grabs him, but a stone falling from the stairs strikes Mark in the head, killing him instantly. In the tunnel are two skeletons playing chess. They are cloaked in tattered blue robes. One throws a piece over its shoulder. It lands in Crenshaw's hand. It's a white pawn, and it has Mark's face on it. The other skeleton laughs and laughs and laughs. All right. Well, so I think, um, as I promised before we hit the recording, that after we did intros, we would roll initiative because I don't know 100% that this is going to go to combat, but I suppose taking turns is the best way to, to have the dialogue. Oh, that is a quick skeleton. Oh, and that is a very slow skeleton. that as with last time, uh, I rolled a perfect natural 20 at perhaps one of the least relevant times to do so. Not an attack, not a saving throw, but an initiative roll. So I have a 25 initiative. I just bet that I'm going first. 
Seems very likely. Um, oh, I've got a Mensa's raring to go. That's all there is to it. Oh, actually, Mouse Field Mouse does not have a bad role this time. All right, everybody, take care of rearranging where you were. Yes, good. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, wait, I think we're in different initiative sheets. Uh, okay. Oh. I think you all are using the old one. Uh, I'm using the one Carl in the chat. Sorry, you're not on oh, Zoom. Okay. I'll oh. just keep chat it to you. That's okay. I got it. I'll can can you roll 20 it? Uh, oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Carl just did. Oh, okay. Thank you. No, that's me. Can you roll? I, I rolled 20. Oh, oh, oops. I see. I got it. Yeah. It's, it's, in, it's in the chat. Thank you. Yep. I was in the wrong one with you, Kevin. Uh, it said the wooden balls. I remember. I remember that fight. We were in the right one. Really? Huh. Okay. I don't even. Uh, well, who knows? There's multiple versions of initiative sheets for this campaign floating there, around. Yeah. Well, we had that one that time while it was all jangy and out oh, of sorts. Yeah. So I created a second one, and obviously they they have an afterlife. Maybe it's like the like the undead or like, like Fritz with his continual melting and reforming in different forms of steam, the eternal life. Um, okay, so we got fence. All right, so fences first, then we got some skeletons, mouse, field mouse, Claren, Crenshaw, Theraval, Aspen, Drake, and skeleton. Okay, let's go. Um, Andy, what's fence? Obviously here's some sort of disturbance behind him turns and looks and probably sees Crenshaw diving into the hole after um, Mark. What would you like to do? Do I have enough room to squeeze past my friends and uh, investigate? Um, yeah, I would say you could walk up the, I mean, it's a five foot wide hallway, so you can move, you know, sliding along one of the walls to look at least look down that hole and see what's happened. Did I hear the evil laughter coming from the hole? Um, yeah, and I, I might, yeah, but yes. I, I just, I don't know if I want to clarify. Yeah, yeah, yes, you heard the laughter coming from the hole. Great. So um, Fence is going to, uh, walk north. I don't know if we can get on top of anyone. Uh, how about right over there? Uh, spot the uh, scary looking skeletons and shoot an arrow at the closest one. Okay. And I guess to describe this just a little, I'm going to just uh -huh. move um, fences token for a second. So probably the way this is happening is right where Mark's token is, there is a, like a five foot hole in the middle of the hallway where he fell down. Oh, I see. So it's, you can, and Crenshaw is down in what is like a 10 to 15 foot tall tunnel. So fence, I could see you like climbing back up the steps and sticking your head down to see what's going on down there. Does yeah. that make sense? I, I see what you mean. Um, 
uh, because I'm had fence and I'm not worrying about falling damage. Uh, I'm going to uh, jump down into the hole, uh, remembering the recent memory of Crenshaw diving into a hole to rescue me. Uh, Fence is going to jump right down into the hole and uh, uh, land softly and then uh, on the ground. And then, assuming he's still got enough time, then fire an arrow at the closest skeleton. Excellent. Okay, so then if we place you like there in the tunnel, you are, we could even place you, oh, uh, like that. So landing like almost where Mark fell in Crenshaw's arms and now you're down there and going to shoot at the, the back of the one who chunked the, the pawn over. Okay, yeah, go ahead. All right. Um, first arrow is a six plus, let me just jump over to my thing, uh, is a 14? Uh, no, that does not hit. And um, second arrow is uh, an unnatural 20. That does hit. It does uh, a D8 plus five. Uh, 11 points. Okay. And um, I have to say, like, when, when the arrow, like, hits, like, it goes through the cloak in that um, and through, obviously, some bones, like, up around where the shoulder is. Um, I mean, even though this guy is a skeleton, you would expect it to like rip or have hit harder than it does. Um, it seems to sort of almost just like go through him without doing a terrible amount of damage. Um, oh, good. Do I have time um, just to take one step to the north in case anyone else wanted to jump down and they wouldn't land on me? Uh, well, so the problem is to the north is only the hall, the above hallway where the stairs are. You would have to step either west or east to clear the space away, which you could do. All right, great. I'm going to um, step. I seem to just put an X on my guy. No, no, you you stepped off of Mark, who is dead, or actually, I guess Mark is still in Crenshaw's arms but you're now, you stepped under where Crenshaw is. Great, and then I'd like to take one more step to the east. I can't quite see my guy anymore. Go ahead. There I am, thank you. Uh, right there. Okay, so the skeleton that you just shot um, turns around and goes, Oh, so that's how we're going to play it. I thought I was trying to help you and my buddy kills your friend and then you shoot me. Ah, I don't know. What is this? I'm uh, gaslit by the skeleton right now. 
Um, mouse field mouse is next in order. Um, she is going to hop down. Um, she is going to hop over and stick her like be looking over the edge just a little bit and then she's going to go invisible <coughs> didn't know she could do that pretty cool yeah well it's uh she's been studying a few wizard spells And that brings us to Claren. <coughs> so I'm still a bird um, and can fly places as we figure out this situation. Um, I would like to just, I think, fly down to where the skeletons are and just see what I can see down there. Yeah, so move yourself into that hallway. And you're not, if I recall correctly, the bluebird is only Carl's token. And that- um, Correct, I'm an Claire eagle. Is actually an eagle. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so fly down and <laughs> west, east, wherever, whichever direction you would like to, to go there. Okay. Um, I, hang on, let me, oh, that's what's wrong. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna fly down just like kind of over here. I like to stay like relatively close to the sort of the ceiling, like not get too close to the skeletons themselves, um, but kind of scope out and just, I'm curious just what else I see down there. Yeah, and then, um, so yeah, and I can actually an eagle, you're not gonna have dark vision in eagle form, Mark would have had the torch that the group was carrying. So there is a torch that started guttering down here. And okay. that gives you light for 20 feet from where Mark is and then dim light a little bit beyond that. So I'll give you a little bit, a little bit more vision here in terms of polygon reveal. Okay that direction um and yeah i don't um janae i don't know if you want to ask any questions about the skeletons or the chess table or what your eagle eyes might be able to make out down there um i suppose if you have a question or two i'm happy to try to to add a little bit more detail yeah i mean i know i can't actually speak as an eagle right now i could just call um, so game, I can't speak, I don't think, but um, yeah, I guess I'm curious, like, is there anything about, like, are the skeletons, like, is there anything around the skeletons and the chess tables that just them? Is there anything that looks treasure-like that they might be sitting on top of? For example, that chess table could be a chest. We don't know. So I'm just curious what else I can see by getting a little closer to them. Yeah, yeah, other details down there. Yeah, so the chess table is... Um... Is a, is a square with the chessboard like actually in in the top of it, and you can't certainly can't make out all the pieces that are on it, um, but it appears that it's 
pretty early in the game, you know, six, seven moves in. So some pieces have started to come out into the center of the board, but everyone is still really dealing with positioning. Um, clearly there's at least one white pawn that has been removed. It looks like there may be a few more of the black pawns that have been removed. Um, the skeletons themselves are each sitting on sort of stool, not 100% a stool, sort of the almost what you would see as in um, like a cafe chair in a Parisian cafe. So those fairly simple wooden um, stools and each one is sitting on that, but it has a has a back to it. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So no, no one's no one's sitting on a treasure chest, although that would be nice. And are the walls made of, what are the walls made of? In, oh, the in walls. Um, yeah, so something has chewed through these walls. So unlike the rest of the walls in the Temple of the Sun Lord, which have been these, if not immaculate, at least these um, clearly carved and worked walls, really, really, you know, straight and narrow, um, clearly the work of, of someone spending time creating the tunnels and creating the, um, the Temple of the Sun, Sun Lord here under, underneath the crypt. This something has just chewed its way through. So there are parts where the tunnel is 15 feet tall. There are parts where it's 10 feet tall. It's sort of craggy and winding around um, as it comes through, it even varies in points from being, you know, more like eight feet across to as narrow as three feet in some points. Okay, so it's organic down there, like it's some kind of, it's not man-made. Yes, something, yes, and like I said, some, it, it, it looks like something has chewed through it, like there are even, well, you're a druid, so you've seen things chew through stuff before, there are like teeth marks or claw marks all up and down the wall. So something has okay. here, nom, 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 nom. Horrifying. All right. Um, <laughs> I, I'm wondering if in my birdie form, as I kind of fluttering around using Mark's torchlight to see um, if there's anything for me to perch on towards the ceiling. Like, is there any kind of like ledge or anything for me to perch on? Um, you know what? Give me a, give me a perception roll. What the heck? All right, let's just see. And then I'll be done. Sorry, I'm taking a long time to observe surroundings, but I hope it's helpful information. Eagles get a plus four or five on perception. Eagle eyes, as it were. Yeah. All right. Um, that's going to be a, I should double check with whether it is a plus four or a plus five. Sorry, I should have had that up. Um, ba -ba -da -ba -ba. Advantage. Oh yeah, I'm just seeing that, sorry. For plus four perception. Oh yeah, plus four, thank you. Yeah, so it's 16. Uh, 16. Um, you know what? There is not like a great perch. I mean, clearly, although something has clawed its way or chewed its way through here, it's not like there's a four foot nice little, you know, branch that's sticking out. But in the north, um, northern part of the hall, right where you are, there's sort of a spot 
that it, it's almost like a little sheet of stone has come out. So you could probably like lump yourself up there and rest, although you would certainly be with your back and your wings up against the wall. So that's okay. Know. I'm not actually going to rest. I'd like to kind of go there and like just sort of perch uncomfortably. And I'd like to try and loosen some of the organic material from the wall with my talon to try and try to create a little landslide effect for onto the skeletons. <laughs> Drop some dirt on them. I don't know, they made uh, bones. Might crush them. Um, okay, yeah, I don't know that you can really, so yeah, you do that, you're sort of up there, you've knocked a little bit of dirt down, but it's not, it's not right above the skeletons, it's not gonna fall. I don't think you're gonna be able to kick it the 10 feet that it would require to actually oh, land too far. Yeah. All right. Well, nice try. Okay, that's, um, I think it for me for now that I'm not sure there's much else I can. Awesome. Yeah, that brings us Crenshaw, Theraval, Aspen, Drake, um, all on the same round. I am perfectly okay with you all either doing the decks, whoever has the highest decks going first, or if you want to make a strategic decision as the party and let one person go before the other, that's fine too. It, I, I, I don't have a preference. I just want to talk to them. Uh, are you, uh, actually, Kevin, are you on turn? Oh, yeah, because you didn't add. Yep. Um, yeah, I want to talk too. So, uh, you want me to, to take it first? Sure, go for it. All right. So, Crenshaw is going to hand Mark off to Fence because Crenshaw still has Mark in his hand. So, he's going to turn around and say fence can you do anything about this and then he's gonna fly see if you can do anything about this and then he's gonna fly over this way and he's not right here for the skeleton he is uh in that column but he's up Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the ceiling here, let's actually, I'm going to use a 12-sided dice and give us uh, a sense of if the ceiling in your block is closer to 10 feet tall or closer to 15 feet tall, that might, oh, son of a gun, right onto the floor. Let's try that again. Uh, that's a 10. So that's going to be a taller ceiling. Yeah, it's probably more like 13 feet tall where you are, 14 feet tall. So Great. you can be, you know, I mean, are you, in your flying, are you flying vertical? Or are you flying horizontal? Currently, oh, um, Currently horizontal. Okay. To get basically Superman style to get into the tunnel. Yeah. And I uh, I have a flying speed. I don't know if that means I can hover or if that's even a thing in this edition. Um I can't remember. So I'm going to assume that I can and just get into that space and then kind of tuck my legs up so that my legs are out of reach of the skeleton. 
okay. and I'm essentially sitting crisscross applesauce. And then, or we're sitting crisscross applesauce. And then we say, wait. We can fight if we have to. But maybe we can have a conversation. You seem like very intelligent skeletons. I, I, and, and the skeletons are terrible liars because you can see right through them. <laughs> but we're going hundred percent for PG rating here. There's no nothing explicit whatsoever. <laughs> I knew those skeletons uh, would find that humorous. Uh, <laughs> chaos bolts, Theraval. Yeah, you know what? So before we do anything else, um, Theraval, I'm really curious just about. Where because I'm a Theraval and Crenshaw are like within our six seconds are both going at the same time. I really like Theraval and Aspen and Drake to like move. So then when we have this conversation, if it goes south, then everyone is in you know around or if it goes well. So um, where Kevin, where is Theraval? Oh, oh I, I want to come up right behind Crenshaw and say those exact words that I just said. <laughs> and then and okay. then, um, so, but yeah. here's here's the trick. Here's the trick. Remember, right, whoop, right where you just moved Aspen Kutcher, oh, there is yeah. a five foot hole in the ceiling. So the only way to get down is to jump or fly down there. Crenshaw and Claren both were able to fly. Fence jumped without getting any damage. The reason Mouse is still up here is she decided she didn't want to jump down and take falling damage so she looked out she's like peering her head in to the side but then also made herself invisible in case oh i see yeah so yeah let's just call that down from the hole up there okay so you're you're basically laying here yeah. on the steps looking down making the comment that you just made yeah and then like from the peanut gallery and uh <laughs> and i'll fly uh aspen and drake down with uh with uh, Birdie there. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And that's yeah, it. You're sort of on the other side of the of the hallway from where uh, Clarity Form yeah. is. Yeah. I, we, I, I've never heard that one before. That's pretty funny. But uh, uh, you, you know, we weren't the ones who did any attacking. It was your friend back there, this one. And the other one pulls a piece up off the table. Um, this one did it right here. The bishop shot at you. I know the bishop shot at me. I felt it. Well, I didn't know it was the bishop, but he's the only one down here when I turned my head and it went right through me. The one who's complaining about being shot looks up at Crenshaw and is like, so you want to talk? Let's talk. I'm sure that our bishop won't shoot you again unless he has to. No, he's it's holding really... the pawn. How could he shoot us? Look, he's got both hands holding the little the pawn up there. Not going to do the pawn any good.
So Crenshaw responds by saying exactly this is an interesting game. Can you tell me about your game? I've never told a, a, a character in my game about the game. Have you ever turned a character in your game about the game? I, I've done it before. There was about a generation ago, there was another set that came down and I talked to them some. That's the other set. Remember, we have the pieces with Charlie over there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember them. Uh, yeah, I guess we can talk. You mean these? Do what? holds off the pieces he has. You mean these? Oh, so the one who was um, clearly that was playing the the black pieces and was the one who was laughing, the one on the opposite side from you was like, yeah, those, that was, that was Charlie's set. Um, those were nice pieces. Haven't seen Charlie for a while, though. What are the rules? Well, let's see. Pawns can move one or two forward. Um, bishops move diagonally. Knights, you move two forward, one to the side. They can hop over lots of things. Rooks, rooks slide long ways. One of the most important things in, in Ra's version of the game, though, is whether you all follow the laws and whether you are good, which some of you are pretty good at, but the one who's funny up there isn't always that, that good at, although better recently. Um, yeah, but those are some of the rules. You wanna play? Yes. Which side? You wanna play your own side? This one right here, the one What's who was the other playing, side, the one who was playing white, the one who was shot with the arrow sort of skips around and you now see in front of you a chessboard um, and it's got the white pieces laid out on it. Um, like I said before, white has de is definitely missing one pawn. And you see, I mean, very much like the figure that you have in your, in your pocket or in your hand pocket, wherever you put it, there is a bishop. I mean, there's clearly bishop. You tell me how Crenshaw is like looking at the board, because when you're looking down at it from behind, mm -hmm. give me a perception roll, would you, DJ, for Crenshaw? Yep. I was just going to say. Crenshaw looks at the board with his perception. <laughs> and that perception is... Do you want perception or investigation? I think... My first sense was perception because it's you're you're like sitting down, you're looking at the board. There's some, clearly something magical going on with this board, and I'm trying to see 
what you notice about it. If you want to make a case for investigation, sell me on it. Investigation will involve playing a little bit with it. Um, So Crenshaw's perception is only a six. Okay. Yeah. So when you're looking at it from behind, and I, even with the six, this is sort of interesting. It looks like a, a set of chess figures. So, you know, rook, knight, bishop, queen, king, all from behind. Even with a six, you get this little felt sense of like, ooh, there might be something interesting on the other sides of the figures, like where their card, because when you looked at the bishop, it was when you turned it that you saw something that looked like Fence's face carved on it. Um, When you look at the other side, especially with only a six, it looks like just, you know, black chess pieces on the other side. But there's a sense of if you sit here a while, maybe as you stare at those figures, they'll, their form might shift around a little. Okay. Um, Crenshaw's going to look over his shoulder and say, does anybody mind if I play this hand? I just kind of crow back. Uh, We're telepathically connected. When you turned into an eagle from last time, Crenshaw telepathically connected you so you could talk. (laughs) Thank you. I don't have to just (laughs) communicate and cause. That's nice. Um, I mean, I do anyway, just for moral support. But um, I mean, if you have the backbone to play with the the play, play the chess. Oh my god. I'm not bored of these jokes. Oh, man. Oh, Kevin. I mean, what, they're... What are the stakes? I want to shout. This guy's got a real funny bone. Yeah. I mean, via my telepathic connection to Crenshaw, I do uh, ask something like, do you think this game will get us any closer? to our goal here. Can they get Mark back? If Crenshaw says to Claren, if the other pieces are, what's her name? Scarlet. Ginger? Scarlet. Ginger, I was so close. (laughs) If the gingers. You're ruining all my villains. If the other pieces are Scarlet and her party, we might get some information about where they are. Yeah. And how it's going for them. Cool. I, I, I say, excellent. If you need any aerial strategy, let me know. All right. So, uh, yeah. I will say, Laren, Claren is in. And he'll wait for Fence to take a look at Mark and confirm that Mark is really uh, most sincerely dead. Yeah, Andy, um, I, I, I know you had slipped away there for a little bit, but Fence was handed Mark. Um, right. 
Yeah, Mark is, I mean, you would have to, you, as a Hand of Mercy monk, you can tell that a cleric would have to use Revivify and in a few rounds here, you'd have to use a resurrection spell to, to get him back, so. So no, no death saving throws for him because of the nature of his injuries? Yeah, I would, NPCs are weirdish in terms of monsters, but yeah, in this case, I think the the blow of the stone to the head, the way we did it, um, yeah, he's, he is at the stage where he would need a revivify spell to bring him back. Right. So uh, Fence uh, tells Crenshaw that uh, Mark is gone. Uh, but uh, I will gladly return to you the uh, 50 gold pieces that we paid him up front. That seems fair. Didn't he have a family? It's a refund. Uh, I'm sure he had life insurance. Um, it was a short-term contract. Oh, well, this is, this is very interesting. The skeleton who was playing the white pieces says, the one that I thought was least likely to follow rules is asking you all to stick to the contract that you made with the poor pawn. He probably does have a family. That is very just of you. What were <laughs> you doing up there in the temple? And it, that, that's clearly a question directed at Theraval. Sorry, do you have a bone to pick with me or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm more impressed with you than I am with the, the rest of this ragtag lot. Oh, you, you, I squawk in disappointment. Says, says the only guy who's wearing rags. No, she's wearing rags as well, and he points to the one that said it, that was playing the other side of the table. Just you know, unjust. I'm, I'm here for the gold, just here for the gold. Ah, <laughs> oh, disappoints me. The other one on the other side goes, that's right. He's only here for the gold. You heard it. Which, which, which uh, side does, which side is uh, Crenshaw playing again? Crenshaw has sat down to play the white side. Oh, so you want just. Yeah, and um, the other creature is playing the the other skeleton is playing the black side oh you know what, what once upon a time i was worse you were you've been appointed debate since you came into the into into the game we were even trying to decide which side you should be on but clearly you are with them and the 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 one who has the more female voice I haven't obviously been doing a good job of voicing that her but the one that was playing the black pieces sort of points over and was like I gave you to I gave you to him so that he could play um 
DJ, would you roll, give me an investigation check. So as this conversation is going on, I think Crenshaw is looking and trying to focus in on the pieces. So I want to know what you're seeing. Wait a second. Yeah. Um, That's, uh, I'm going to spend a sorcery point and re-roll that. Uh, that investigation check. Okay. Yep. So burn a sorcery using point. My, using my what is that called? Magical guidance. And uh, that comes out a sixteen. Okay. So as you're looking at the black pieces, um, some of them start coming a little bit more into shape. In fact, the the rooks start to look like these big, well, in fact, um, Crenshaw knew what they look like before. So a bullet, Um, they look like, well, like a big beefy shark, but with, with feet, but like the rooks themselves, as you're looking at it, they started transform into bullets. The other thing that you notice with the 16 is that the queen side bishop looks very much like the statue of Ra that, um, that Theraval was interacting with. It looks like that that sort of fountain was at his feet. And, and it's really strange as you're doing as you're looking, like the pieces look like chess pieces. And then as you stare at them for a little bit, it's like they morph almost like mist reforming into the bullet, whereas the rest of the pieces like stay normal chess pieces. And then as you focus in on the queen side bishop, it starts to you know, form into that statue of Ra with, uh, with the fountain that, um, that Theraval was interacting with. And with the 16, you see the two rooks and the queen side, queen side bishop. Um, okay, so the rooks are bullets. Uh, and is this uh, white or black? Uh, this is black. So this is the pieces you're looking across at. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> yeah. Cool. Um, so Crenshaw letting that interaction go for a minute with Theraval. Um, Crenshaw finally says, I think we can, talk about just and unjust. But that's not set in stone, is it? These things change. 
do. They do more so than they do on the chessboard or maybe on our chessboard, they change to reflect the way things are. Ra's game has slightly different rules than typical mundane chess. Your move, by the way. Uh, all right. Friend Shaw is going to I know we don't have a board laid out. Um, so how do you want to do this? Because Crenshaw is going to move. Yeah, so let me just give you a little quick description of how far along the board is, and then you can tell me the type of move that you would want to make. So okay. imagine we're six, seven moves into, into a game. Um, you've only lost one pawn so far. Um, Black has lost three pawns. Um, so you're up by, you're up by two. Um, everyone is sort of trying to get position control of the center of the board. You have two pawns push forward. You have a bishop in a fairly good spot. You have a knight who's in a particularly forward spot, sort of controlling things behind, um, behind Black's line of, of pawns. And yeah, that's, that's sort of a description. And I suppose you can tell me like, you wanna make an aggressive move in, in the center. You wanna to try to open up something around one of the sides. You know, tell me what piece you think you would be most likely to, to want to move. Um, I'm curious to know if there are any unguarded pieces uh, on black side of the board. Uh, um, yeah, any black pieces that are exposed, you know, since three pawns have already been taken at the moment, there is not an open piece that Crenshaw could, could take easily without evoking at least a trade and more likely a loss. Like you've gotten into good position, but because you've already taken three pawns, there's nothing that black has that's that's unprotected. Um, Crenshaw is gonna move a, move a rook, uh, a white rook, obviously, and try and draw out one of the black rooks. Mm, okay. Um, or a black bishop. He's, he's yeah. going for a high value piece. Right. So to move out a rook, I think at this stage of the game would probably require you to either move a pawn or two first you know, to create the opening. Um, I'm willing to say that you could castle if you wanted to. So if you want to move a rook out, you could move, you know, castle mm -hmm. and switch king and queen. And then in a turn or two, that would allow you to have a rook in play in the center of the table. 
Yes. Castling so is good as long as. Go ahead, Andy. Sorry. I was going to say castling is good as long as it results in our king being more protected because it's not in the middle of the board. Mm -hmm. If we can do that, then I say uh, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so ca uh, DJ cast Crenshaw is going to castle then. Crenshaw is going to castle. Nice. Um, so the your opponent does go. Uh, um, she goes, mm, nice, nice. Um, she slides a, a bishop forward. And when she touches the bishop and slides it forward, um, you get this image of a, like a, a dark skinned, um, I mean, almost ebony, the same color skin as the, as the chess piece. Um, elven type of character, raven in terms of like this world, remember elves have slightly birdish features. So almost like a raven dark look, but seems to have, you get a sense of some sort of spell user, either wizard or warlock as well. And the face like on the bishop that you had in your hand where you saw Fence's face, this is a, um, a face of some sort of drow elf. And you see that when she moves the piece forward to try to threaten your knight. Oh, shoot. Okay. I'm going to move the knight back and try and draw that bishop out a little bit more. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you're the knight is going back and you want to draw draw the bishop out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then I'm gonna telepathically ask Theraval to send Aspen Kutcher to scout the next room. West or east or south. Um, we know there's two doors, so west over here. Okay. Yes. So I need to roll really quickly before Aspen is even moving, or maybe as Aspen is moving. Um, oh, that thing's creepy as hell. Yeah, and oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh. 
without I'm, and then I'm going to say to Theraval, if this works, I'm drawing that drow towards us. Yeah. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and I am going to, I might have to pawn sacrifice, so you might want to back up Aspen. Oh. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go down the hallway. The back. Uh, hold on. I, I I'm rolling some dice here. Oh, no. Um. Let's see. That is seven, thirteen, sixteen, eighteen. Plus three twenty one, and let's see. Oh, that's perfect. Um, so Aspen and Drake are flying, flying down that that way, like looking. Um, and like as soon as they turn the car, like you were actually moving them, you're flying. Drake falls asleep and goes like crashing to the ground. Um, and there is, and Theraval, you hadn't actually moved. Uh, I'll let you be where where you are. You see Aspen and Drake like falling, and like Drake is put asleep. Aspen is a little bit tired, but doesn't fall asleep. Drake falls into the arms of this drow. Aspen lands on the ground and rolls, and the elf disappears, carrying Drake back down this other tunnel into the darkness. Um, at the same time this is happening, the bishop, which had been moving forward to try to like threaten the um, the the the, the, the knight, um, actually moves in doing the threats. Like it's because you moved the knight back, it takes a bit. It takes a pawn at that moment, and like this is happening simultaneously with whatever is happening up here. Um, Kevin, what does Theraval and Aspen want to do? Uh, I'm going to ready an arrow in case anything comes out from these any of these doors or the, these corridors for the next action that Crenshaw is going to do. Can you, can you tell me what happened telepathically? Because we're still, I can connect with yeah. two of you. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll cool. relay that over to Crenshaw. Okay. Yeah, and, and Aspen and, doesn't, can I check really quick? Aspen doesn't have dark vision, does he? He has blind sight. Is that- Aspen that? does have blind sight. Yes, as okay. a true blight with no eyes, yeah. Excellent. Let me give you a little bit more detail then because he would be able to look down this hallway. And how far does his blind sight go? 60 feet. 60 feet. All right. 10. Then he's, then he's blind beyond that. 
40, 50, 60. <laughs> oh, Drake seen Feather Days. Oh. Ones tonight, unreal. <laughs> a lot I've of got a few more of them. A lot of them are piling up. Okay, so Theraval is covering the three doors. Aspen has looked down. It's a hallway where the where the drow ran um carrying the the sleeping drake and let's go crenshaw okay crenshaw <clears throat> crenshaw takes the white like moves his hand to the the side of the board sweeps all the white pieces into his bag of holding and firebolts all the black pieces Wow! Oh. <laughs> so he's, I'm gonna use I'm gonna use chaos bolts. So he basically chaos bolts the board, saves all the white pieces, chaos bolts the board. Dude, it doesn't work that way. You can't do that. Um, <clears throat> that's that's the the black one that was playing against you. The the guy who um shot the arrow at and was playing white was like. Oh, that's clever, but I don't think it's going to help us much in the long run. But bravo for clever, but not useful for following Ra's rules, which are really important in this game. Um, Janae, what does Claren want to do? Um, great question. At this point, I'm curious. So I, from where I'm sitting, I don't know about the whole drow thing, Drake thing, or do I? I I'm just not clear. Yeah, you're connected. You're connected to yes, you do. Okay, you do. I do. Yeah. Okay. DJ, I'm not sure that Crenshaw's telepathy. Uh, Crenshaw has to relay it. So Crenshaw yeah. has to say, the drought just took Drake. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would, because it doesn't connect. Down. Yeah, it doesn't connect Claren to Theraval. You've got to pass right. that on. So Crenshaw, you're doing a hell of a lot right at the moment. Claren, you have yeah. saw Crenshaw chaos bolt the table and heard the reactions of the skeletons. So you've okay. seen him clear away the white piece. I mean, so there's something dramatic going on down there, but neither one of these skeletons are attacking Crenshaw despite him attacking the chessboard. Right, right, okay. Um. I mean, I guess I have an action in mind if I knew what was going on with Theraval and Drake, but it sounds like I don't because Crenshaw has been very busy. So um, honestly, I'm going to send a telepathic note to Crenshaw and just ask, do you need reinforcement? Theraval needs him more. Okay. So I'm going to fly up then 
And um, before I do that, I'll ask, uh, where did he go? Because I don't see him anymore from where I am. Uh, down the corridor and to the right. Great, thank you. So I basically fly up and over and uh, I see Aspen Kutcher on the ground there, unconscious. And I fly over to, to give Aspen Kutcher a ride. Okay, and Aspen is not unconscious. He, oh. He's a little drowsy. Drake was put asleep. Aspen okay. was on his back and then his mount went to sleep in midair and fell down. So Got it. Aspen okay. was on the ground, but not, not unconscious. Got it. So I'll fly over to Aspen and sort of perch on the ground and make Aspen aware that if he needs a new ride, he has one. Okay. Um, oh, Aspen hops on. Okay. And Mouse, Field Mouse has come down. She's invisible. She saw Theraval like move away from the opening and Aspen and them head out. So she was heading down this direction um, in invisible form. Um, Andy, I'd like Fence to do something and then we'll get to Theraval's action. Right. So uh, Theraval um, has been told. Uh, or Crenshaw's been told that Mark is dead and uh, and unlikely to be, re be revived by any magic that we have. Uh, I still no need to know what to do with this pawn's body. And also, um, uh, Fence would like to be of use. Uh, so that's, that's what he, um, where he is, but I don't, uh, I don't have a clear sense. I don't want to leave uh, Crenshaw by himself uh, down here. Yeah, I'm going to reveal just a little bit more. So Fence, as you're standing here, you're also able to glance around the tunnel a little bit. And so uh -huh. I wanted to show you a little bit of what's to to the east of you, just because with your dark vision, you'd be looking at Crenshaw at the skeletons that you can't see much down there because of how the tunnel turns but here to the east it opens up into a room actually from your angle i should show you more uh all right that might be a little generous but yeah so fence is very curious about what's going on over there to the east but I figure if we're going to split the party, it, sh it should be split in two rather than in three. So um, <laughs> you mean I can't tempt you to split it into three different groups? Damn. So um, uh, fence puts uh, carefully puts down uh, Mark's body, grabs the pouch with the fifty gold pieces, uh, and says out loud. Uh, for Mark's family, and then uh, um, takes a few steps towards uh, where Crenshaw is uh, awaiting direction from his uh, charismatic friend and colleague. Excellent, all right. Um, Kevin, what is up with Theraval? Um, do, do I hear anything from any of the directions? 
Um, like south or east? And give me, give me a perception. Give me a perception check. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Uh, that's a nine. Yeah, oh. no, you, you you got nothing. Uh, uh, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna telepathically connect with Crenshaw and say, uh, where are the where are the bad guys? Should we pursue <laughs> Drake? Give me six seconds. <laughs> um yeah i'm just gonna ready an action of like not knocking an arrow and if any bad guy comes around the corner okay yeah i i I got you you're covering all three of those yeah um if i was a really tricky dm i'd make you specify which one you plan to to shoot down but we'll we'll be nice this one time um yeah let's keep going i know we're not in the artery rolled in initiative but the flow seems right let's go crenshaw um then we'll go aspen and claren then mouse then then um fence and then theraval and i know theraval you do have that that action ready i put my back against mouse too uh, or she invisible Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. She when she came up, she put her her little hand on your on your shoulder, so you know where she is. Oh, she put her she she put her hand on my shoulder first. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She did. Only, only because I'm invisible and I didn't want to surprise you. <laughs> yeah, you just don't want to be seen with me. I get it. Huh? I wouldn't mind being seen with you. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> she's smitten, man. I don't know why. It's always the bad boys. Crenshaw says, uh, when they're all done, uh, when they're done flirting, <laughs> uh, Crenshaw says, our apologies. We were playing by the rules of Horace. We did not mean to invoke Apophis. With our chaos, we will return the missing pieces and respect Ra's order. And he brings the missing pieces out of the bag of holding and sets them back up exactly where they were. Well, that's good, but it's going to take me a little, well, actually not that much time. And there's a drawer in the chess table. Um, actually, there's two drawers, one on the opposite side from you and one on your side. And the skeleton that you've been playing against, she pulls open the drawer and she dumps it out and it's a bunch of black pieces and she starts setting them up. And what's wild is she doesn't start setting them up in the back two rows. She starts setting them up exactly the way that it was before. And in fact, when you dump the white pieces out, they Mm -hmm. rolled to where they were set up before and like rolled and then popped up straight in exactly the layout that they were before, except 
one of your pawn, well, the pawn that was taken is still is still missing. The, not not Mark, but the the Drake pawn. Mm -hmm. um, Aspen and Claren. So Aspen is definitely on Claren the Eagle. Um, okay, Aspen's going to start tugging that those eagle furs to like fly around the corner. Yeah, and Aspen can see, so it's perhaps a little nerve-wracking for Claren flying in the dark, but Aspen seems to have a sense of where to go. Yeah, I I trust Aspen here. If I'm a little bit annoyed by this little twig blight's uh, presumption of authority, but you know we gotta just lean with it because I can't see anything. So um, yeah, I will fly Aspen wherever he wants to go. So then, we're going around the corner. Yeah, away left. from Barable and Mouse. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So go 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 ahead and fly, and <laughs> I may depending on where you fly to, I may reveal. Oh yeah, you can go more than yeah. You can go into this room certainly. All right. I'm trying to get both of us over there. Oh, I got it. Okay. Fly with me. <laughs> okay, here we go. What's in this room? <laughs> Adventures of Aspen and Claren. <laughs> All right, excellent. So oh, as God. you're flying into the room, um, at first, Claren, you're you're like flying down the hall. You're like flying blind. You're like, crap. Is he gonna have me run into a wall? what's happening and you're you're flying a little cautious and then you're like oh it's okay it's okay you start to and then you like hear something and the thing that you hear is sort of to your right and forward and you hear <sighs> ashes and bones and the bones are like <laughs> it's like bones clicking um, Aspen, you can see this in the center circle here. This looks like it was a room, like there was a big, it almost looks like the center circle is like a barbecue pit, fire pit, like there were big bonfires in there, but Fun. there are bones of all sorts of different creatures and they are assembling themselves <gasps> into an ash and ash and bone animated thing and when i say a bunch of different skeletons it's putting itself together as if it's one big creature but it's like rabbit bones are part of the arms uh deer bones are part of oh it looks like there's a human feet so it's like cobbled together where there are like little skulls that are at parts of its chest. Um, its hip is maybe a human hip bone, but it's like giant size. So it's got other animal bones like supplementing that hip bone to make it bigger. And it's all this swirl of ashes. Um, Creepy. Uh, How big is this? And Claren, you can hear it, but you can't see see it and Aspen you can see what you all have just flown towards I um, it, it, it's, I'm just gonna start yelling <laughs> it's nothing but turn around come back telling yeah you need to turn around yeah okay great so what do I see on the board 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's going to impact what I do, and that will impact what Fence does. What yeah. I do. So on the board, you had moved, you blast it, and mm-hmm. what one of your pieces, in fact, your knight had moved is in a different place when you look back. So like your move was blasting things. And actually, it wasn't the night that you were, um, you know what? Your king has moved back one space from where he was after he castled. So he's moved further back into the corner, protected by his, his pawns. Even though that wasn't your move last time, your move last time was blasting the pieces with chaos bolt. But it's translated into your king moving back. So not really a terribly active move on the board. But what she does is she moves a, um, oh, it's gotta be a knight. She moves, well, interesting. Um, All right, I lied. One One of the rooks looked like a bullet. The other rook looks like an ash beast. And that's the thing that she has just moved. Um, And moved it towards which piece? And moved it towards... Because what I'm really asking is which piece is Clarence? Yeah. Um, Well, it's actually threatening both a pawn and... a knight. Mm. Okay. Um, Crenshaw being telepathically connected to Claren, watching this happen on the board says, thank you for the game. We have learned quite a lot. We will work harder to respect Ra's order and rules. Now I mu- we must excuse ourselves. And Crenshaw stands up and takes a step back unless they do anything to stop us. So you move a step, o- both you step over one, I assume you're gonna fly away soon. The, yes. the male skeleton was sitting there is like, I hope you've learned something. You have certainly left me in a little more precarious position. And he slides over to where you were sitting and he begins studying the table again. Great. I pick up fence. Thank you. 20, I pick up fence, I use my move and my action to fly to here and deposit fence on the ground. And since it's dark in here, I can see, like Crenshaw's eyes start to glow and we can see everything. 
Yeah. Okay. Mm. Mouse has moved. Um, Theraval, would you? So Mouse, Mouse, like taps your shoulder and is like, "We need to go to them now." And she's pulling you down the western tunnel. Uh, yeah, I'll do. I'll follow. I'll okay. follow Mouse anyway. You, yeah, oh. you can move your, your, you can move yourself right next to to where Mouse is then. And Theraval, dark vision. Yeah, I have dark vision. Okay. Um, yeah, although, yeah, all right, um, interesting. I think we're going to stop here because I think a round of battling with the, the Ash Beast might take a while. I, I don't know, how are folks on, on time, what do you think? You want to try another round, get a little bit of combat here, or are we we done? Let's speed through some combat. I want fence to get to hit something. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I know. There's been no no attacking, so I I am feeling like maybe. Um, My only attack was a faux pas. <laughs> it seemed like a really good idea at the time. No bones about that. Oh. <laughs> Everyone's getting in the action. Just some minor uh, ribbing. Oh no. We got out of there by the skin of our teeth. Uh, I can't take you all anywhere. <laughs> A faux pas, right? All right. Uh, yeah. Snatch that out of the jaws of defeat. So now we're just going into body parts. I feel like we've gone too far. All right. I got out of limb here, I would say. To be Sorry. honest, it's uh, <laughs> we've still got a few more. Do you, all want to leave, do you all want to keep your initiative order from initially? Because I've rolled the Ash Beast in. So let's go. Let's go fence Ash Beast. We'll run through one round of combat, but then we're stopping. Okay. Excellent. So uh, fence, how fence, how far away is fence from uh, this uh, Ash Beast? Yeah, 10, 10 feet. Oh, and... Oh, you don't care about the room right now. Fight the creature. Let's go. Right. So uh, he steps forward uh, with his spear and uh, attempts to stab uh, the ash beast. Let's okay, see awesome. how he... Yeah, move yeah. yourself 10 feet forward. How's that? Yeah, perfect. And that's a, a 13 uh, plus nine is a 22. That's a hit, yeah. And uh, he does uh, D8 plus six. So uh, five points of damage uh, plus six is 11. And he's going to uh, expend uh, a lightning bolt from his spear. Yeah, nice. Uh, if I remember correctly, that was um, 3d6? Yes. Uh, for nine more points of damage. 
Nice. Okay. Um, yeah. So you stab this thing in, you knock away like three different small animal bones that seem to fall out. The lightning hits in there and certainly like sears around them um, where, where you stabbed it. And yeah, it's substantial, but it's certainly not like putting this thing anywhere near death. Um, he's, he's got a second attack. Fence does. Yeah, go ahead. He rolls a, um, a 19 plus eight is a 27, uh, which we're assuming is a hit. And that's uh one plus six for seven more points of damage. Okay. And then he tries to do a, um, uh, a, a high kick uh, for 12 plus, uh, hold on, let me just check the plus on that. Um, 12 plus nine is a 21. And he does uh, a D6 plus six for 10 more points of damage. Okay. Yep, kicking away, he is still there. It is the Ash Beast turn. The Ash Beast takes a clawed hand and strikes at fence. And that's probably going to be a miss because I rolled garbage. Um, that is a 12. That misses by a mile. Um, he wails in agony. I need everybody to make a wisdom saving throw. Is this that includes mouse, field mouse, and theraball? Anyone is this from being charmed? Uh, this is no, no. This is an agonized whale. So he's able to do two attacks. He is pissed off that he missed so poorly with his fist, and it is not. It is not a charm. It's a uh, charm or frighten. And is it psionic? Um, anyone that can hear it must make a DC 15 wisdom safe. Uh, and yeah, the, it, it is, let's see. Creatures immune to psychic damage are not affected by this ability. Yeah, so I rolled a 15 with Claren, so. Okay, so 15 safe. or higher is a success. Um, Theraval did not make it. Um, so you, and I'm gonna use that symbol. You are poisoned. Um, the status effect, right? Yes. Yeah. And that is the same for mouse field mouse. Um, Crenshaw, did you make it or are you immune to psychic damage? Uh, Crenshaw is not immune to psychic damage. I just have resistance. So mm. I think it still affects me and I fail. Okay. I will give you the nifty poison is the effect that you have. Um, how did Aspen do? Uh, yes, of course I rolled for Aspen. Um, one moment. Uh -huh. I'm looking up Aspen's wisdom. Oh no, that's an eight. Oh no, my eyes. Oh no, he's immune. He's immune to being deafened. Uh, I, it's, 
it's an agonized whale and it's poisoning. So the skeleton beast is emitting an agonized whale. All creatures within 120 feet um, that can hear it must make a wisdom saving throw. So I don't think it's being deafened. It's the effect is poison, but it's like you're sickened. Like this, this whale is so I mean, it's ash and bones and it's just, I mean, it makes you nauseous, which is sort of what the effect of poison is. So yeah, I think it's affected. Okay. I think it affects Claren's eyes. I think it affects Aspen. Claren, you and Eagle Form are not affected by it. Um, Andy, how did Fence do? Uh, fence rolled a 14, sadly. Uh, sadly, okay. So also poison. So everybody, if you look player's handbook, you can see the effects of poison as a condition. Um, it is affecting many of you right now. Um, that brings us to mouse field mouse, who does not feel so well at the moment. Um, She's still going to move forward and she is going to use her um, true strike cantrip, but give it to touch, um, touch um, Crenshaw with it so that Crenshaw could use uh, true strike, which would give you advantage on your next attack. Um, and that brings us to. Oh, someone that you can't see. And then Claren, you're up. Okay. Um, I must notice that Aspen's not doing so great um, at this point. So I'm going to um, basically, um, well, in a poison form, Aspen, can you still see, or are you like kind of just distracted and nauseated and unable to really do anything? I just have disadvantage, but Aspen's going to barf on your birdie body. <laughs> Great. Uh, whatever, however, tree bark looks like. All right. Um, that's unfortunate. Sap is just really sticky. Well, I'd be very happy to get out of human form so I can clean up or no longer be covered in twig blight vomit. Um, but I'm gonna. It's just, just, just so you know, twig blight vomit is sort of all tricky, sticky tree sap. You know, <laughs> it's I'm. It's really gross, and I'm not that happy about this. But not much we can do. Um, although it gives me a kind of creative idea. Um, I'd like to fly me and Aspen closer to the ash beast. And I'm going to deliberately fly in circles to try and get Aspen nauseous to see if Aspen can vomit on the monster. Because if it's sap and sticky, it might get on the bones and disoriented. Sure, okay. So flying like 
a circling pattern. Are you changing back to Claren form, a human form? I'm going to be in bird form and circle around with Aspen on my back and try to get him nauseous so he vomits on the beast. I wonder if this would count as the help action in that it would uh, distract our foe while we're trying to attack it. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please move the tokens down anywhere in the uh, the circle around the creature, and we will count this as a help action. It includes Great. not only, um, but I do need you guys with like the equivalent, any square that would be touching <coughs> the creature. Yeah. Um, so that if he decides next time to swing out and hit somebody, you're possible victims as well. But Okay. Since you're puking on him, um, we'll give him disadvantage. Great. <laughs> um, is there any damage done from the puke? I don't know. No, 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 no. no. We, we count it as a yeah, count it as a help action. Um, so giving him disadvantage next time. Please remind me of that in two weeks when we play Crenshaw. Okay, I'll make a note. All right. So Crenshaw is going to. Uh, Chaos bolt the thing there. So, with his action, since he dropped fence, he is going to still be flying as long as he can. And so, we are going to uh, use, oh, we're going to twin it. So, yeah, and remember, and you're not you're not at disadvantage because she used the the true strike. So. I wouldn't be at disadvantage anyway. Ah, uh, okay. Because uh, I can see in the dark. No, no, no. It's not the dark. It's the poison. Oh, it's the poison. poison. Yeah. So poison gives you disadvantage okay. on attack rolls and ability checks. So Mouse's move okay. was to. It wouldn't have done. You know. I mean. Okay. Uh, and that's only the first. Um, first attack. Yeah, okay, tell me what the, what right. you rolled. So twin spell. Casts once and, uh, oh, that doesn't matter because it, it hits two targets instead of one. So there's no point in twin spelling. Um, in that case, I'm not going to twin it. I'm just going to use chaos bolt. Um, So uh, that's a 19 to hit. Okay, that is a hit, I'm pretty sure. Let me pull up the screen again. Yes, that's a hit. All right, let me see what my damage is. So that is nine points of... I recommend cremation damage. Is that cremation is that one of the options? Damage. I was gonna do cremation, but because I rolled a two, it's cold. Ah, uh, cold damage. Um, yep, nope, cold, cold, cold works. Not you said nine. Uh, yes. Okay. So that's nine points of cold damage. 
Gotcha. And with my bonus action, I'm going to. Uh, is it standing in a pool there? Is that a point no, that is. That is. See now, now you're going to make me read the the room description again here. Uh, as long as it's not a pool of water. It's not matter. a pool of water. It's no. a pile. Okay. No, no, has no. anybody has anybody been hit by it? No, no, well, all of you have been, it only, it had, it has two, oh, I hope it didn't, yeah, it has two attacks, um, and it used one with its fist, and the other one, it, um, the whale, used the agonized whale, yeah. Okay, um, and is it bleeding, because it got hit, does it bleed? No, that is no good. Well, in that case, Crenshaw... Uh, Crenshaw shoots some water out of his water skin and creates a tentacle. Back to the tentacles. Back to the tentacle. Water bending. Tentacle over there, and that is water bending. I know. I was looking to use blood. Um, sadly, um, I tell you, you guys are the dark side. Bloodbenders, definitely, definitely evil. And it is going to simply attack. That apparently went just to you, but that's a uh, an eighteen to hit. Uh, yes, that's a hit. All right, and that will do eight points of damage. All right, from the water tentacle. All right, starting to rack up some damage points on on this guy. Um, Theraval Aspen Drake to round the night out. Um, so I think uh, uh, Aspen's bombing on this ash beast, um, and uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna hobble a little motion sick down the hallway and lean against the wall right behind um, uh, Mouse. I'm just gonna put my hand on her shoulder and say, like, I got this. And the, and then fire a plus at, like trying to like push her over a little and from the side and fire an arrow, a plus one arrow at the ash piece. Okay, gotcha. Um, and do I get advantage with this because of the help action and the aspen vomiting? Sound? No, because you would be at disadvantage because you're poisoned. Oh, right, right. That's right. It cancels. So, it's not so that so their help action cancels that out. So it's a straight. Right. Big money. That's a natural nice. for oh 29. Oh, that's a hit. Yeah, and double everything. Natural okay. 20. And, Good job. Wow. And uh, I you're think... And, and Kevin, you were... You said you used a magic arrow? Yes. Okay, so, so I'm, that's it. I'm down to uh, only 10 of them left, but okay. Um, well, I, it's a plus one. So I think we're saying those are magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it, oh, that counts. Okay. Yeah, just, I, I just, it's important that it's magic. Otherwise I would change something. Oh, okay, got it. And I think, do we double all the rolls or the, uh, the dice? No, 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 double everything. Pluses and oh. remember, Carl's Carl's house rules are if you get a nat 20, it's okay. double, double 
roll and double it's just purely double damage okay it so yeah for monsters, but it brings us back to a little bit of the the old okay. age where a crit hit was. okay so i'm including sneak attack damage so that's yeah. uh 2d9 from the longbow plus 8d6 or twice the 4d6 plus 10 from the five that's a total of 57 damage Seven. Nice. What a shot. I thought there was well, um, I thought there was no way you were gonna get this guy tonight. But oh, that arrow shot, like Fritz will do it. But you you can't you can't see mouse field mouse, but you can hear her anime eyes. He's impressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the arrow goes and it hits like this thing had a had like its breastbone here down the center was like cobbled together out of a bunch of different sort of bones of different creatures. You hit it right in the center and it just starts like pieces of it just start dropping off. And then there's like a big ash cloud that goes up and sort of spreads out across the room, um, covering fence and aspen and clearing an eagle form in like bits of bits of ashes. And we will wrap right there. We'll start investigating wow. this room in which you have killed an ash beast. Um, for those of you who are wondering, do we ever get experience points? That's 3,900 for killing an ash beast. Not wow. bad. Wow. It's about um, time. I think you get yeah. more for doing that than you do chatting with skeletons about chess strategy. So- Adam, uh, you want to kill them for the XP? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually think given milestones and ways in which we've been playing length of time, I think if you all will level up before next time, um, we will start with the ashes floating in the room, but I will ask everybody to roll hit points as you go from level eight to level nine. Am I remembering right. this right? Yeah. So when we play again in two weeks, you will have level nine characters and you will get to investigate the room in which you slayed the ash beast. All right. Good job, team. Nice. Yay. Yeah, good stuff. And it was all thanks to a pile of vomit. And chess. <laughs> chess yeah. Twig blight vomit, nonetheless. <laughs>
title has been decided appropriately enough. All right, join us next week. We will keep rocking and rolling with Ragged Coast. We will see if Claren is ever able to find Scarlet Antwerp, her arch villain here, who is looking for the sliver of the sun before our party members can get it. And if they keep tangling with Ash Beasts and other creatures, um, Scarlet is going to keep on doing what she's doing in other parts of the dungeon and maybe getting the treasure first. Um, or the secret weapon first, I should say. In any case, uh, hey, thanks for listening. This is, once again, Realms Ragged Coast, a House Rules Collaborative Gaming Production. <laughs>